for the first time ever with high voltage with double a we are going virtual first time on zoom and we're more than happy to say that the nhl playoffs are here the season has officially wrapped up for the regular season and i'm more than happy to join uh, to be joined by a guest in which we have gone through many many classes at drexel i know i'm, I'm about to graduate he is going through a co-op right now and even though we are apart he's at the library i'm in my basement and i'm just more than happy to bring you all this coverage and, and wrapping up the nhl season and getting you excited for just i know i know that nhl is not like your primary sport i understand that you know that you're like oh it's not this it's not that not a lot of goals being scored you just haven't followed it it's playoffs no matter what it's playoffs and we are here to give you that action and plus you know me if you're not paying attention to something more often than not i'll try to bring it to your attention because there's just a lot of things in this world and hopefully you pay attention to as many things as possible so again we are going we are virtual so the quality may not sound as good and i'm going to tell you right now that's going to be on me not greg and i apologize for that but nonetheless, some circumstances, of course, you could thank Drexel, you could thank even me of why it's happened, but we had to bring it to you as soon as possible. And again, like I said, I'm bringing him on, share many classes with him. My good friend, Scott Robinson, is joining us with High Voltage with Double A. And of course, I'm your host, Double A. Thank you for coming on, Scott. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, ready to discuss the Stanley Cup playoffs for 2022. Yeah, so definitely, uh, just before we get started, I want to ask you a few different things. First of all, just let us, just introduce us to the audience, some things that we need to know about you, whether sports or otherwise, just get us a good taste of who you are. Great. Uh, as uh, Alex said, I'm a student at Drexel. We met here. I'm from Boston. And since this is an NHL-focused podcast today, I'm a Bruins fan. I'm not going to be biased. I'm also a Boston sports fan. And I'm currently working in the equipment room at University of Pennsylvania for my co-op, and I'll be graduating next year. And I don't know what my plan is for beyond that, but uh, about me. Then let me ask you um, this question. This was my random question. I always like to ask someone uh, just to get us a little bit further about themselves. And I usually take it in a non-sport way. I usually try to make it a little bit funny. I want to ask you who is your favorite athlete you follow a lot of different sports so if you can give me like an athlete or two maybe for each sport that you follow or because i'm i know i'm putting you on the spot a little bit that give me possibly if you can't come up with that or maybe you want to go with both it's fine who is someone that you look up to as a role model that doesn't have to do anything with sports okay i'm just gonna stick with sports at this time personally but um so i follow baseball soccer this is an american audience so i'll call it soccer American football and ice hockey. So for baseball, my favorite player has got to be Shohei Otani. And uh, I'm a Red Sox fan. My favorite player in the Red Sox is Xander Bogarts and Rafi Devers. But um, now everyone loves Otani, and I do too. He's the greatest thing that ever happened to the sport in recent times. So uh, it's a shame that it seems like he might have picked up a slight injury. But uh, <laughs> American football always loved Tom Brady when he was on the Patriots, but not so much now. And uh, I don't really have a favorite player in the Patriots now, but um, say outside of the Patriots, maybe not a favorite player, but I, I do like how um, Russell Wilson plays. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is really good, but non-quarterbacks, Derrick Henry, for sure. For soccer, Mo Salah for Liverpool. 
definitely one of my favorites. And um, Sun Sun Min for Tottenham hockey. So my favorite player in the Bruins is Patrice Bergeron. Other than that, I'm like Sidney Crosby, Claude Giroux. There's a bunch of guys who've been around for a while. Good. I really like David Pasternak on the Bruins. I'm very biased with my players and my teams. And uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I actually, that's a really good list. I mean, Otani, just the fact that, you know, two-way player and he's definitely enhanced, enhanced the game. And then the Red Sox, I mean, if Chris Sale was pitching, you know, you definitely probably would say Sale. Uh, I love Dennis. I love Bogarts. And then, of course, I mean, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. I mean, Derek Henry, I mean, it's just a beast. I mean, you can't really go wrong. NFL's got a lot of likable players, even though they are wearing a hell you can't see their face. And then, unfortunately, I, I got I to do a football episode at some point when it comes to soccer, especially now you hear a little bit more rumblings that the Super League is just not going away. And that's definitely something, you know, that's definitely something interesting that you have such an oligarchy in terms of just the top teams and they want to, for their own profits, you know, make their own league. And also just why is soccer just not popular here? And why do we even call it soccer when it's actually supposed to be called football? And then, of course, you know, why is football called football? Because, you know, just none of that just makes sense to me. But, yeah, with hockey, I, I, I know a few of those players. Unfortunately, I don't know any of the soccer players. But, yeah, no, that's a, real, that's a really good list. And, and not typically your typical players. Of like, I know people would say, you know, Patrick Mahomes. I know people would say, you know, Otani or Tatis or even Vlad Guerrero Jr. Like, I like that you went in the direction of, you know, the, the list of people that don't usually say, like, oh, it's this player or that player. And it's fine to go with local because when it comes down to it, some some people like me, for example, depending on the sport, I, I'm not a huge, uh, like, oh, I'm, I'm a fan of this team, I'm a fan of that team. I like to, uh, to try to follow each of the teams to which then I get to know more players. And, I, and you've done your due diligence. You've done a little bit of both. So that's a that's a really good list, actually, and something maybe I should go along uh, further when it comes to asking uh, other sport people when they're on this show. So that's a that's a really good list, like there. But getting now into NHL, officially starting with our NHL conversation, how would you recap this season? I know there's a lot of things going on. Unfortunately, not a lot of us have been following. I've been following like measly maybe one or two percent of my time and all i really know is like oh the panthers really good i know they won the president's trophy but talk to me about in in your way whether it's boston or whether it's just the whole league in general how would you recap this season like is there is there any big headlines any controversies just just like uh, like anything that could say like oh that i could definitely you can if there's if there's something you might have heard it's it's probably this what would that be oh controversy there was certainly controversy (laughs) um what november-ish when um, the allegations against uh, the former triple Stanley Cup winning head coach for the Blackhawks, Joel Quenville, and he was at the time the Panthers head coach with um, covering up sexual assault, I believe, in the organization. So he um, ended up being forced into resigning and he's on some sort of restricted list now. But uh, rumors have come out today that he's likely going to get hired by some team to be their head coach for this upcoming season, which I think would be a horrible thing if the league allows that, but the NHL is going to be the NHL. It's not exactly surprising. Um, Also, so to talk about the actual hockey, so the Eastern Conference, the playoff race wasn't really exciting. We've known for months who the eight teams making the playoffs for the Eastern Conference would be. They are, of course, the top-seeded Florida Panthers, 
second seeded Carolina Hurricanes, and the other teams are the Rangers, Penguins, Maple Leafs, Lightning, Bruins, and Capitals. The Western Conference is a real race for the last playoff spot with Dallas securing it when they defeated the Golden Knights last week in a shootout. First time in franchise history that the Golden Knights haven't made the playoffs. Yeah, that's a good recap. And obviously, there's been some standout performers like Austin Matthews winning the Rocket Richard Trophy for top goal scorer for the second straight season. And uh, of course, Connor McDavid won the Art Ross for most points, which is goals plus assists. Um, also, there's been a couple coaching changes during the season with seven coaches changing since the beginning of the season. Of course, the one was Quentinville being pushed out in Florida, but the others were all performance related. That would be like a, a huge story, even for like any like 24 hour like news cycle that the, that the guy that you just mentioned at the beginning to be hired as like an NHL coach. And essentially what you're saying, and let's, let's clarify here. We know how bad the MLB is as a league and it, like because of Rob Manfred and you can even say NFL because now what they're going through with the blind fours and also the tanking uh, allegations with, um, with Hugh, uh, with, with uh, Hugh Jackson or Hugh Lewis, I think it was former for, uh, former Bengals head coach. You're essentially saying for those who do not know that the NHL is not a good run league by the commission or just hasn't been like a good league just just in general. That's something that you know. I think that people should go, like coming away from this podcast, they should be able to know because that that's something that we always talk about throughout each season, no matter the sport. I think it's just the commissioners not doing a good job. Gary Bettman is. Like I said, I think he I think he might have even tried to help cover up like the Quenville allegations. And it's kind of hockey culture to look away from abuse like that and stuff. But um, so, yeah, it's a poorly run league. It's also very white, which I think turns off a lot of people. But uh, they do have the hockey is for everyone initiatives. They're trying to diversify like people playing and uh, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> I also let me ask you this too because uh, I actually was in a uh, sport management class and that um, that was out major before they focused on sport business and and and, and kind of like making it more business oriented. When I was in that class, uh, we talked a little bit about the Olympics and you know NHL didn't participate the last years and they decided not to this season. Can you just run through that whole situation? What ha- what transpired over uh, a few months ago when it comes to the players? Are they allowed to go or you had also a long break? Just talk to me about the whole thing for, again, those who did not know, because that's still part of the NHL season as we know it. Okay, so the league in 2018 decided unilaterally unilaterally that players would not participate in the uh, Pyeongchang Olympics, which I think was pretty unpopular. So when the CBA came up a couple years ago, the players had it written in that they'd be able to participate in Beijing 2022 and Milan Cortina 2026. Of course, there was an opt-out because this was done during the COVID era where the NHL could opt out if they felt like they needed to. Come like this early winter and, and like November, December-ish when we're getting a lot of, because the league would pause for the Olympics, their two or three week pause, and we were getting a lot of games postponed. They needed to find somewhere to put those games. So the league and the Players Association agreed to pull out of the Beijing 2022. I wonder if the NHL was going to let them go anyway, just because 
you know, they want to keep their players healthy because they're, if they get injured, if a big star got injured there, they'd be in bad shape. But um, so Aquarius Association, I think it was early January and the league pulled out of the Beijing Olympics. We're still planning to go to Milan in 2026. And uh, wasn't universally popular because also if a player had tested positive in Beijing, they might've been stuck there for months. The COVID situation there is a lot different than it is over here. So players, notably Brad Marchand of the Bruins, voiced their displeasure with not going to the Olympics because Marchand was probably his only chance because he would have gone in 2018. He almost he would have gone this year, but you know, probably in four years, he probably won't be at, he'll be old and he probably won't be at the level to be selected for Team Canada. So it was very disappointed and I agree with him, but so they scheduled a lot of games for that two-week break in February. So the end of the regular season was on the day it was scheduled to be on, except for there was one game, I forget why, that from sometime in March or April that was postponed and it was played on Sunday rather than Friday, rather than all the other teams who finished on Friday. But uh, that was involving two non-playoff teams, so it didn't affect the playoff schedule at all. You just mentioned the COVID situation. I know that baseball, you know, your Red Sox, there were some players who were unvaccinated, not allowed to go to Toronto. Did NHL have any controversy or any players that had to like, like to step away from their teams for a game or two because of Canada's strict positive that you had to be vaccinated? Because I know that what there's six teams or, or was it five teams in Canada and you had and you need to, uh, to be vaccinated. You can't play. Otherwise, you can't travel with the team. You can't travel up there. Was there any situation like that that, of course, may have affected a few teams and possibly their chances of going to the playoffs or their seeding in the playoffs? So I think there was a grand total of one player who was not vaccinated in the NHL, and I'm pretty sure he was a role player, so it didn't really affect anything. So, um, no, it wasn't a big deal having to cross the border for the – the vaccine mandate. Yes, it was Tyler Bertuzzi of the Red Wings, who's apparently the only player who's unvaccinated. And as you said, there's seven teams in Canada, uh, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, and Ottawa. No, it didn't really affect the playoff chase at all. So that brings it. So, uh, so that's actually, that's a really good rate. Like you typically, you know, even Matisse Seibel of the Sixers, you, you would have at least somebody that could affect a series in which, you know, that's just really shocking that only one measly player was vaccinated. Then I might as well just ask you, in this, in this light, was there any COVID outbreaks that might have, um, that might have halted a team's, like, uh, like chance to win and maybe it just created some bad momentum? Was there any situation like that? Because I know people are still testing positive even today. Like, I know the athletics a few weeks ago, they had to put a few guys on the um, restricted. Uh, I think they call the the, co- the COVID list, and also might be the restricted list if you weren't uh, if you weren't uh, vaccinated and you're going to Canada. What about situations like that where uh, COVID still had uh, an effect on whether or not you're going to win a game, which again affects your playoff seeding chances? Well, like I said, there was a ton of games postponed in December, mm-hmm. early January. The teams were shut down. There was like a bunch of. COVID. And I think the whole league was shut down for a week around Christmas, just to try to get people away from each other. But 
I wouldn't say it really affected anything because the games, no games were canceled. Everything was played eventually. It just might have made some teams' schedules more congested. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Because um, I remember, you know, going to my cousins when it comes to Christmas and whatever, watching um, a little bit of football. And I think maybe it was Christmas Eve or around Christmas, or maybe it was another event. But I, uh, and then also a little bit of basketball that I remember thinking, like seeing all, all the stories like, oh yeah, you know, we're just going to just take some time off, you know, whatever. And then of course you have the Olympic thing. Now you're going to have these playoffs pushed back. And I think the uh, NHL finals might finish like later than that. What do you think the effects will be of that? Like, do you think it might help them to finish later than the NBA finals? Like as we're talking right now, the second round is going on and the first round for the NHL is going usually they're the same round. And of course they finish around the same time to which people, you know, the average person would tend to watch basketball over hockey. Now they might not have no choice, but to watch hockey because basketball is officially going to be over. Do you think there might be some positive or do you think like for the players or for the league, like you said, it is compressing it. How do you, how do you view when it comes to the schedule because of uh, what happened with COVID and also with that long break for um, for the Olympics, I think it was like I said had said earlier. The end of the NHL schedule, it stayed at the same date it was supposed to be from when they made the schedule. I think it's brilliant that they've made it so that the NBA Finals wouldn't clash with the Stanley Cup Final. Just get a lot more eyeballs on it. But um, of course, if they were on at the same. If the final rounds were on at the same time, they probably wouldn't be on the same days. But uh, yeah, and. Um, the schedule, I honestly, I guess, well, there was only a two-day break between the last day of the regular season and the first day, game of the playoffs. So teams that might have been playing more games at the end of the season might be the slight disadvantage, but I, I don't really think it'll have much effect on the postseason teams. Okay, so we keep, we keep talking more so about negatives, you know, with controversies and, and COVID, which, again, not that many people uh, they either need that reminder or maybe need that awareness. Either way, like, I'm, I'm happy that we're – that we come across that bridge, but now let's get back into like the actual hockey on the ice in which again, like, I just want to talk about recapping the season, which, you know, you brought up like the, the great teams, some of the great players. Let me, let me ask you in this way, just for those again, who, who don't know, uh, what was a team that you, that you were surprised that was really good this season? What about a few teams that thought you did that, uh, that disappointed uh, majority of hockey people. And then I, you said the Panthers was the best team let me switch it up here. Give us a few of the best teams and then some of the worst teams because they don't always have to be the same teams that surprise us or disappoint us. Okay, so best teams are obviously the Panthers. They finished in first place overall, the President's Trophy. I think we were expecting them to be good, but not that good. They missed the postseason last year. It's been a while since they were in the postseason, now that I think of it. But um, obviously, before last season, they invested heavily. And a goaltender named Sergei Bobrovsky. Very good. Ex-Flyers, Blue Jackets. He wanted to go to Florida, I guess. Bad teams. <laughs> Montreal, the Kraken, Flyers. Flyers were definitely disappointing. I'm pretty sure they expected to make the playoffs, and they, fin they finished in 29th overall out of 32. But, um, what, can you, what was the question again? It was... Like what? What teams like disappoint you? Which teams surprise you? So those were like you know some of the some of the best teams, some of the worst teams. And also, I'm honest, I was about to ask you too. Would give us a few players. So along that list of those who you like surprised by team wise, and then also player wise. 
Team-wise and player-wise. Surprising teams. I didn't expect Calgary to be anywhere near as good as they are. I think they were probably a borderline playoff team, in my opinion. But here they are. I think they they won their division, I believe. So, yeah. And players, I'm not really going to comment on them. I don't really follow any teams in depth beyond my team. So I guess I could say about my team is that the Bruins is that Jake DeBrusque is a lot better than expected because November came out that he had requested a trade away. Uh, he just hadn't had very protective seasons the last couple of years. And I think he scored 20-something goals this year. It's a major surprise. See, it hadn't really looked like he was doing much in the way of effort before this season. But I guess he's just trying to earn that trade because no one wanted to trade for him. Um, Bruins, disappointing player. Guess Taylor Hall certainly didn't have the offensive output we were expecting, but he's picked it up more recently. Nick Foligno has certainly been disappointing. I, I don't really understand why we signed him in the first place. Just, uh, David Backus 2.0. <laughs> Much better contract than what we gave Backus when we gave him his contract. Then talk to me, too, about since you brought up just Boston, you really followed the team. Talk to me what happened with, like, Tuna Rask. Like, he wants to come back, and then he officially retired. And I know that he's very beloved in Boston. Like, what, like for those who may not know, and I know, um, like, first of all, is he going to, like, and, and, and I'm not sure you know how the standards were for, like, the Hall of Fame, but talk to me about Tuna Rask. Is he possibly worth it a look for, for a Hall of Fame? Is he going to be at least in the Boston Bruins Hall of Fame, and it just talks to me about how that whole retirement played out since you are mostly a Boston guy. Yeah, I don't think he's going to make it to the Hall of Fame. I think borderline having his number retired for the Bruins, but Tuka, I wouldn't say he's beloved a lot of... Statistically, he's one of the greatest keepers of the of our generation, of his generation, but um, the, a lot of people did not like him in Boston just because he didn't... They felt he didn't perform in the playoffs, but I think a lot of that was he didn't have an ideal team in front of him in the retirement. So he had a hip injury and he had surgery after last season. So what he signs a cut rate deal in January plays. Actually, no, I think this one game he was going to play with Providence was postponed due to COVID. So he comes back into the Bruins, plays four or five games, not very good. His injury flares up again and it forces him into retirement. Very difficult injury to come back to from. So uh, that was disappointing. So it would have been great if it had worked out just because if he had got back to his level, he's really damn good. <laughs> but um, no, it's a big miss. Yeah, I, I don't think he makes the Hall of Fame just because he didn't really have much success in the playoffs. But he got us to the finals twice, but we lost both. And in 2019, we really should have won. Of course, he, he won the Cup in 2011, but he was the backup then. So let me then let's add, then let me ask you this before we uh, really dive into about to dive into the playoffs. Who is the backup goalie? Uh, not the backup goalie. Excuse. Who is the goalie right now for Boston? Do do you trust them? Do you do you like them? And how and how you think they're going to perform in in their first playoffs now that Rask is out of the picture? So the guy looked like for most of the season the guy in the playoffs could be Jeremy Swayman, who's a rookie. But he kind of tailed off recently, so now we we've been playing Linus Ulmark as our first keeper. I we signed him as a free agent over the summer, I guess primarily to replace Tuka because I don't think anyone really expected him to come back. And uh, so he's been around for a bit. 
with Buffalo. So I don't believe he's ever played in the playoffs before, but he's pretty good. But certainly not anywhere near Tuca in his prime. I don't really see it as a question mark. It's just I think the team has to perform in front of him. If he performs and the team in front of him performs, they'll be able to advance. Yeah. If he implodes, I guess we can try Swayman, but it hasn't been going well for him recently. He hit the rookie wall. Do you think then that he still has a lot of promise going forward since he is only a rookie? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the future, I, I, I see him as probably the goalkeeper of the future for the team, but obviously only time will tell. And we we could really use a good goalkeeper because that's the most important position on the ice. Because if your goalkeeper is bad, your team won't be good. And let me ask you this question since you just brought that up and now transitioning. Who do you think is going to win the, the Vizena? And the Hart Trophy this uh, this upcoming uh, after the postseason ends when they announce it, who do you think is going to come up on, on top? The Hart is probably going to Connor McDavid of Edmonton. It's a perennial candidate. I believe he's won in the past, and just he's really good. He's young, going to be the face of the league in a couple of years, I would think. Of course, he would probably be the face of the league if he was in like New York already, if he was in New York or Boston or something. But since he's in Edmonton, it's not exactly a big market. Vesna probably going to be Igor Shastarkin of the New York Rangers. Yeah, they're, I wouldn't say their roster is that great. They just have a really good young keeper. Yeah, he'll win the Vesna for best goalkeeper. And let me, I forgot to ask you this question when we were like recapping the season. I heard that uh, that NHL uh, there's a there was a lot of goals scored like it was up in the in the past like almost thirty years, and a lot of people scored a hundred points. A lot of people scored over thirty goals, which again we're talking about the mid nineties, like the the explosion of scoring. Do you like like that there are more goals being scored? I'm not sure if you realize that. I'm not sure you knew that. But do you like that form of hockey, or do you like like a shootout? Uh, do you do you like you know a two one, three uh, two game, or do you like all these goals being scored where it's like five? I've actually I saw a lot of not saw like personally, but I saw a lot of the scores uh, from the previous night, and I saw like oh that goals being scored, seven goals being scored, like and and I just didn't compile that all the way until the season, I'm like, okay, now I see the official number. And I think it was around like 6.3 goals per game. Are you surprised by about that? Have you followed that? Are you surprised by that? Or is this going to be like a new trend? Was it on the goalie? Is it like on certain like an- analytics based on the final player? Talk to me about, about that before uh, we recap the regular season with one more question before the playoffs. So yeah, goal scoring has been up. I personally don't really care i guess i don't like seeing scores like eight or seven but um it is what it is i think the league is certainly moving away from the enforcer types to more of a skill-based game so that's gonna translate to more goals of course and also they've been making rules in the past they've been like limiting the size of the goalies pads and making the net shallower so there's more space to work with so yeah i think for the game high scoring brings more eyes so maybe high scoring is good but i personally don't care i like the game as it is i mean i shouldn't say as it is i don't like the fighting i think they should get rid of that which i know that'll alienate a lot of the long-time fans but the europeans don't have fighting so and they it's popular over there so it works yeah that's actually something that i actually hear on the radio you know not that many people were tuning into to hockey anymore because they've shied away from fight and i thought it was because there was a rule you're telling me that that's just it's just gone down that's always to me something 
that people like in baseball and definitely people that associate and liked in hockey. That's a, that's, that's why do you, why do you, why do the, why do uh, the Europeans not fight much and it's successful and why uh, are people here like people in hockey want to shy away from that when it's, I'm, I'm not sure I consider, consider myself traditionalist because I do like the numbers and what it brings and what you could do with it. But when it comes to like, you know, that's a great form of hockey. It is violence. You might as well embrace all the violence that you can. I mean, if it takes up and makes the game slower, okay, that's one thing. And, you know, I know you have, you know, people like Jack Scott where they kind of like cheat the system, which, you know, you take out the best player by, you know, by punishing uh, your worst player. So both of them get like, what, five minutes, 10 minutes uh, in the box. And, you know, like, and that became like a, a thing a few years ago but why would they shy away from that when that was a core thing like i think of hockey i think of fighting and i also think about the glass you know and when you play video games or you see something you see banging why why not or, or, or is the why is fighting down or why are they trying to take it away from that and, and of course why is it successful in europe i don't know why it's they're, they're taking away from it i guess just because there's been more of a focus on head injuries it's probably why they're trying to tone down the fighting but They've certainly made the refs try to discourage fighting. Of course, it's still illegal to have a five-minute fighting major, but the refs certainly um, will jump in quicker than they have in the past. I think in Europe, it's just never really been a thing to have fighting in hockey, and uh, it's actually illegal, so that's why it doesn't happen. But um, if you get into a fist fight in Europe, you'll be ejected. But uh, so yeah, but yeah, it's. I think the fighting takes away from the goal of the game is to score goals, and obviously. Fighting is in scoring goals, and you get enforced to fight with one of your top guys. So you're not in a good position for five minutes, sir. And I think also the league sees it's probably trying to get rest, rid of guys like enforcers like John Scott on rosters. They don't really bring much other than the fighting. And, uh, yeah, no, the long-term fans aren't happy, but it is what it is. Like I said, I'd like to see it go. I mean, my uh, my counter to that is just when you th- even in baseball, I know you don't see it. That much, I know you might have uh, ref- you might reference you know the Cardinals and the Mets. I mean, people really did like that. And the reason why I would think in hockey is because there's a lot of rivalries in the NHL, and you want to see like tensions boil. You want to see you know ex- explode, especially in the playoffs where you know if someone is maybe a great talent, they need to keep their emotions in check so so they can continue being on the ice. But at the same time, you know. And, and and don't get me wrong, I'm all for protecting head injuries. I mean, that's why, you know, uh, ever since the movie concussion, and I read a few books on it, why I'm not a huge fan of the NFL. And then with hockey, it's kind of like the same thing, except it's, that's, a, I guess, a good thing about not being popular is that you can kind of get away with a lot of stuff. So I, I haven't focused that much on that, like, when, you, when it's called uh, punch drunk uh, syndrome, where you keep getting punched in the head and your brain eventually takes a toll as you get older and you kind of die younger because of it but when it comes to just the focus on the fan part like all the rivalries and all the great moments have dealt with fighting and i, and I totally understand but i'm just like if they want to become popular which they the players like mcdavid and players like like Sam crosby you don't see them making more than 15 million and that's and, and in the nba that's a role player you know where the star is making like 35 40 even in baseball it's around 30 million and and if they want to like get something to rejuvenate their profits, in which unfortunately that's what the owners and the commissioners probably thinking about for the league. I would think that they would turn to fighting as a mainstay and not anger, 
your loyal your loyal customers, but by doing that, they really threaten the future of the game in terms of its popularity, in terms of its revenue and its profits. That's that's kind of uh, I'm just really shocked to, to and, and again, it's good that it, it, you know preventing head injuries, but it's kind of like uh, do uh, damn if you do or damn if I don't. Like you can't have it both ways. So that really is shocking for me to hear. I guess they must think that um, they're more likely to attract like new fans who won't care about the fighting that that's better for the future of the game but um i really don't know the specifics and also it's just changing views on like head injuries and stuff like i said they just need to appear more modern i guess like 30 years ago i think there's probably line brawls a lot it's just not the sport anymore the <laughs> analytics people know that uh having an enforcer type is uh, a waste of a roster spot so and you wanted to win. No, I totally get that. And then hopefully, you know, it, NHL can at some point become it's like really popular and the Broad Street Bullies, you know, people really want to love the Flyers here. And just that I know they really didn't have a good season, but again, hockey and, and, and football's been on the rise. Basketball's been on the rise. Baseball and hockey have taken the brunt of it. And so hopefully they can find other ways to make themselves popular. But I know with, when it comes to the old school tradition, it's, it's kind of like that that kind of business issue that you had do you want to attract new customers or do you want to keep your old ones and that's kind of like you know an issue that i hope if they should have smart people i'm not saying that they do but hopefully they can figure out a way because when there's when you have four popular sports i really do think that really does make sports as a whole more connected and people can get excited rather than say oh you know i'm just i'm following hockey just because i'm a hockey fan and making it almost feel like an obligation hopefully at some point they could get back to becoming popular and one of the ways in which they try to do that and some people were like clamoring for it and uh for a, a while and some people ha hammered them for getting away years ago is when they broke away from espn uh they also they collaborated with tnt so they so that was a new partnership for this season but not re not relatively new and the fact that it hasn't happened before because it has and that's some reason why people think it has it has been that pop, uh, has been that popular is because they broke away from ESPN. Do you think that the partnership between uh, ESPN and TNT happened a success with the NHL? And I'm not sure if you if you can, like have watched any games on it. I, I know you mostly follow the Bruins and otherwise. But talk to me a, a, about that. Do you think it was a success this season, or do you think that it would be a while before people realize that you know ESPN the juggernaut and TNT the juggernaut? Um, and, and, and kind of rally behind that at some point. I really say I can't judge yet. It's their first season. Well, TNT's never had it before. When's the last, ESPN hasn't had it in a long time. So um, there are, there's certainly some positive that's like getting Pierre McGuire out of the television is good. They would have been with NBC, but it, it was probably time to shake it up a bit. Of course, I think TNT hired a lot of the NBC announcers. I think ESPN might've also I'd really judge them starting next season when they know gone through a full season already. But um, let, let's get to the playoffs now. Yeah, let me just ask you one last question. See, if, like when you were watching ESPN and the TNT broadcast, do you like the broadcast? Do you like the announcements that they had, or uh, with their? I know they're going to learn from their first full season. Just by your own personal opinion, did you like seeing it? Do you like what they what they had, or was there some minor changes that you would think, okay, this would definitely improve the product? next season because i really didn't like watching it this season i wouldn't say i'm the one to comment on something like that i, I don't really generally 
I, I listen to the announcers, but I generally tune them out. I don't really have any impressions on the broadcasts. Just there to watch the game mostly. Mm-hmm. That was good. I thought you were going to say for a second, like, oh, I didn't watch on ESPN 10. I'm like, oh. But yeah, so now let's get into the playoffs. Like you're saying, what are the main headlines going to the playoffs? What are, like, the expectations? You could even, like, call out, like, some of the favorites by Vegas. What are you mostly looking forward to when it comes to these playoffs before we go round by round, series by series? Okay, what I'm looking to see is, will Tampa win the cup for the third season in a row? Will we get our first Canadian champions since 1993? We have three Canadian teams, Calgary, Edmonton, Toronto. I think they're both, all three of them expected to go far. To, um, some other stories are how far can Ikrashesta can get the Rangers? Will Colorado finally get the cup? They've been loaded for years. Should be exciting. <laughs> Yeah, so I I just remember with the with the Avalanche that you know Nathan McKinnon, you know that they, they I feel like he's won the Hart Trophy before, and now it's just bound to at some point come through because, like you said, it has been a stacked team, and I would definitely think you know it's but there's but there's a lot of good teams. I would assume like what what teams do you think like okay these are the main contenders, and then what are the uh, what other teams do you think like oh these these teams barely made the playoffs, you know it's good for them for development or they have one last chance before they start rebuild. What teams are serious and what teams are not? The main contenders are got to be Florida, Toronto, Tampa, Colorado, Minnesota, Calgary. I'd say the tier Washington is they're in the playoffs. They're gone four or five games. Most likely they have no chance in my opinion. Of course, anything can happen. This is the Stanley cup playoffs. Upsets happen. Unlike the NBA playoffs, but, um, the, the Rangers-Pittsburgh series, I can't see either of them winning the Cup. I guess an outside chance He's someone like St. Louis or Boston, but I, I don't see either of them moving past the first round. Then let me ask you in terms of just an NHL fan, because for me, I'm not I'm not one, but I love the playoffs, so I watch it. So just because, like, you know, every minute matters. Like, you know, it's very electric, the crowds, and it's very exciting, like, like especially when it comes down to the wire. And even, to like, I remember watching the Dallas – Tampa series, you know, like even even though you we knew that Tampa was going to win, it was still very exciting to see a Dallas that had a chance and they were making it a series. For you, why do you like the NHL playoffs so much? And and do you think it's one of the better playoffs? I know I know you may be a little biased. I know you're not you know too big when it comes to basketball, and I know you're a big football guy. But talk to you this specialty. What makes it so unique about these NHL playoffs that other sports can't say? I, I think they're. If you're looking at North American playoffs, they're probably the most unpredictable. And it's just the passion teams have. Of course, you could say that for any sport, but uh, just some traditions and all. And the things I don't like is that the refs like to put their whistles away. But um, I, I guess people like the more physical play. But uh, I'd like to see it called to the rules. And also, it's just an exciting game. Even One goal can change anything. And the crowds are generally really good for playoffs, no matter where they are. Like even if the it's a team that has a half empty building during the regular season, they're gonna have a full passionate crowd for the postseason. And then let me ask you this one before we go round by round, series by series. Do you already have someone that you're thinking will win the Stanley Cup, or is this your first time predicting the playoffs? If I had to say someone off the top of my head, it's gonna be Florida. They won the president's trophy. Of course, that isn't always an indicator of success. I believe the Black Ox in 2013 the last president's trophy winners to win the cup, but I think they're just the most complete team. And I think this is their year. 
Yeah, so, okay, now let's get into the first round of the playoffs. So, Florida, Washington. So, I know it always started, but we're not taking that into account. You're just saying, okay, this is the better team, and I think they're going to win this series. Florida versus Washington, who you have winning and why? Florida. As I said before, because, you know, I just said they're going to win the Cup. But, uh, they're going to win a more complete team, deep roster, I think Washington just hasn't lived up to expectations and they're at the end of their window and it's just not going to happen. They got a tough draw in the first round. That should be, as with any series, it should be pretty exciting. How, how many games do you think it's going to go? That's something else I should have said too. Five. Okay, that was actually something I was thinking think about just saying for you anyway, because that seems, you know, reasonable. All right, then now you can be biased. I prefer you not to be your Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. Who you had and how many games? Oh God, <laughs> it's going to be a massacre. Uh, Carolina in four. Wow, I just couldn't touch them this season, and I don't think that'll change in the playoffs. That's very as unbiased as you could possibly get. And what about and I and you've joked around with me before when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs and like their I guess their curse. Do, will they break it this in this series against the Tampa Bay Lightning? And how many games? Yeah, it's Tampa, Toronto's probably going to be the closest series of the first round. I'd say. I think this is their year they do it. Much mm. as I hope it doesn't happen, but uh, this year I don't see them winning the cup. But um, it's the year they're gonna. It's gonna be a quick. It's gonna be a long series, probably in seven. Tampa can take a couple games off them for sure, and Toronto has home ice, so they'll win in seven games. Yeah, I hope it's so. Gonna awesome be a hard it's gonna be a long, hard-fought series. I think they're pretty evenly matched. Yeah, but Austin it, Matthews finally he needs to break through. I mean, you know, it's not just. Toronto, but it's also him. Yeah, and he definitely deserves better in terms of the the luck that he's been getting in his playoff career. And he definitely, you know, one of the better players in the league. You want him to see him do well. Then what about um? And and, and I know most pe- people hate these teams, especially around here. The Rangers and the Penguins. Which one do you have? That's a tough one. I think the Rangers are mainly their goalie. Of course, what Kreider had fifty something goals this year. And they have Zabanajad also, but um. Their success has largely been off their goalie, Igor Shostakhin. Obviously, the Penguins, they have Malkin, Crosby, all those guys, Latang. Actually, scratch that. I think Latang might have left. But anyway, um, okay, Latang is still there. Now, they're all old. That's a tough one to predict. I think it'll be close, I had to say. I think the Rangers will advance just because of, I think, just because of Shostakhin. Six games. Lynn, let me ask you uh, this one. Just going off what the, what each of your predictions here, it seems like you have the home ice team winning, right? Yeah. So I, I'm actually going to. I'm not. I'm not going to predict. I like again. I don't know a lot, but I'm going to predict something simple that you're going to. It's that an away team, the lower seed, will win one of the series because, like as you said, and it's very unique that it's very unpredictable. The um, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I'm not sure who it's going to be. I mean, I, I mean, you could easily just pick, what is it, the 4-5 or, or, like, the closest seats together with that being Pittsburgh. I mean, I could easily go Tampa just because it's Toronto. But I do yeah. think when it comes to the 1 and the 2 that you're probably right about those teams. If I were to say that you're wrong, it would probably be the closer seats with uh, Tampa, uh, Pittsburgh, possibly, like, actually winning it instead of just 
Uh, well, it could still be closed. The series can be closed, but maybe like that's rare. I would think in hockey that all the um, higher seeds win. You had to have one anomaly. I would think. Yeah, it'll happen. Uh, where I don't know, but as you saw, what a couple of years ago when the Lightning had that crazy record, they got swept in the first round. Yeah, they, so they had nothing to play for for the last month of the season, so they kind of switched off. So you never know. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's what, that was like really like I was really shocked about that one. But now let's get into the other conference here. You have the Avalanche. You have Nashville Predators. I I, I probably would expect that you picked uh, Colorado to win that one, right? Yeah, I think so. They're just they're a really good team. They're scary. Um, Nashville, I think, hasn't been up to their standards, but uh, they they always seem to play well. At- over expectations in the playoffs so we'll see that is the potential to be close but colorado will win and probably five or six five or six i was actually going to ask you if it's going to go sweet but you're saying yeah that that if it goes six then i definitely could scare some colorado fans for sure uh then what about calgary and dallas okay i think this might be the upset special here Ooh. i think it'll be close i think it's seven games either way Calgary doesn't have experience in the playoffs. Dallas does recently. Dallas in seven. Wow. Very close. I don't think any game is going to be a blowout. I mean, even with the fact that Vegas has Calgary as one of the main teams winning the whole thing, you're saying they're not even going to make it past the first round. Yeah, that is definitely an upset. And I, and I, and I can definitely vibe with the playoff experience logic just because like that definitely helps you. And I understand, like, it's intangible. You can't see it. But no matter in the sport, like, you want those veterans saying, like, I know it's the playoffs. Don't be too angsty. You know, you want veteran leadership that can show you that it's just another game to not make it bigger than it is. And when it comes to the rookies or when it comes to the bright lights, when it comes to, you know, the fans, and when, uh, and, and you can win on, on the road, take it one day, one game at a time, that, that can really mean something that this – Calgary team not having a lot of that, it, it can definitely bite them this time around. And then when they're back next season or the or maybe a season after with that kind of same core in place, like they, they can learn from that. I've always seen when it comes to teams like the Warriors, they need to go through a run and then they can become a dynasty. Like it's rare for a team its first time around to to win it all. Like you just don't see that in any given sport. I, I guess maybe – I'm try, I was thinking about baseball. I was about to say the Braves. The Braves had to go through, you know, lo- losing in the in the NLCS. Uh, I think it was Game Seven, and then eventually they won it. I mean, even the Capitals in this sport, they had a lot of playoff runs. The Nationals, they had a lot of playoff runs and finally broke open. Like, I mean, that's why when it comes to the Grizzlies or like you like you were just saying with Calgary, I just cannot put a lot of stock. Maybe the second round, maybe even the third round. But just the winning whole thing, it, it's like it's a boomer bust. So I definitely don't. I like that you have an upset here, Rod. Just going with the higher seeds. I really, I do. I, I I'm not sure I'm going that direction because again, it, it, talent does at the end of the day does prevail when it's all said and done. But I do like the upset pin. I can definitely vibe with that, and I like that we that you have a little bit of versatility. Uh, but now continue on within the next year. Yeah. Uh, I. Do have Florida winning, even though they probably don't have much playoff experience, but I think they're a lot better than Calgary. So it's not just because the lack of playoff experience, but I, I just don't see Calgary going through. 
there's also that Canadian curse, you know. <laughs> that's true too. Yeah, that's it. And 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 we're about to get to the Oilers in a second. But then, what about Minnesota and St. Louis? St. Louis just coming off um, a championship not too long ago, and I know they haven't been back uh, back there since then. But what do you think about this series? This should be an interesting one. Ooh, I think Edmonton's going to do it. If their core hasn't done much in the playoffs, but they're going to wake up. Oh, no, no, I said the, McDavid. Minnesota series. Sorry. Yeah, the, I, I was about sorry. to get them in a second. Yeah, that was about to get them in a second. Right. Minnesota is playing uh, the, the St. Louis. Yeah. yeah, St. Louis. Yeah, Minnesota will win. I, I really don't know much about this. I'm just going chalk, but um, I, I don't, I think the Blues got, I'm going to be completely biased here, got lucky winning the cup in 2019. Mm. They shouldn't have won. They, they probably they shouldn't even made it to the finals. I don't think they've improved since then. So no, they'll lose probably six games. But yeah, and I think Minnesota's the higher seed, so they definitely got some uh, some advantage they have in the home home ice. And then now, uh, then you have the Kings who haven't made the playoffs in a while, and then Edmonton, like you were just bringing up with uh, with Canada with um, the, the with their little curse, Edmonton and Los Angeles. Who who you have winning this one? The Oilers, as I'd kind of been <laughs> talking into it a couple minutes ago. The Oilers will win. They're, um, I'd say if a Canadian team wins the Cup, it'll be them this season. Uh, the Oilers will win. They have stars. Kings don't haven't been in the playoffs in years. Of course, they're one of their players, long-term players, um, is retiring, so they'll be playing for him. But I, I don't see it happening. Oilers in a sweep. Wow, sweet. So then now let's get into more of the now this is really now becoming your bracket and I'm keeping track of who you're picking. So in the first uh, and now we get into the second round, Florida versus Carolina, who would you have winning that one with Florida having home ice? Florida. That's going to be a, I think the Hurricanes are slightly overrated. I think Florida will probably sweep them aside. Well not in a sweep. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. But we'll push them aside easily. I think the Hurricanes could nick a game, but I don't give them much chances against Florida. I'd say Panthers would win in five games and advance to the Eastern Conference Final. I forgot to ask you this, and this is on me. So let's let's just take a, a little bit of a side break that still has to do with the playoffs. Uh, Panthers being good had to do with some trade acquisitions. One being you, you know, longtime Flower Claude Giroux. If, was there any like big time trades and any, any like big time maybe signings or any anything of that nature that could definitely help one of these playoff teams in, in terms of you know who you see winning and and, and and of course like maybe a team didn't make the playoffs because they traded away a few a few players like talk to me uh, about that because I just remember Claude Giroux helping this Florida team now you're saying go into uh, the conference finals I don't really think there were many big trades this year I know. I said I don't really follow many teams that closely. I know the Bruins traded their first round pick for a defenseman from who is at Anaheim, Hampus Lindholm. I think he's been pretty good. I haven't been watching that closely recently just because I don't know. I haven't had the time. But uh, they, they must think highly of him. They gave him an eight year contract when they a couple of days after they traded for him. So, uh, but um, yeah, he's partnered with Charlie McAvoy. So we have a good first D pairing. Second pairing is okay, and third pairing is kind of a black hole. But uh, uh, big trades, I wouldn't really say there were many, if any, beyond that, but uh, that I know of. And what about the coaches? You brought up there was a lot of coaching changes. Is any of them going to 
like made a big difference in terms of what we're talking about right now with the playoff hunt. Like because um, a coach got changed, they definitely got better. Or maybe some teams didn't make the playoffs because there was just a, a lot going on in that locker room. I'm pretty sure all the coaching changes other than the Florida, the Quenville being pushed out were teams that weren't relevant to the playoff discussion at all. It mm-hmm. just got pushed out because of poor performance. And then talk, yeah, talk to me then about that Florida coach. Like, why are they so good, but they pushed out the head coach midseason? Yes. I don't really know much about the new guy, but he was obviously, he was Quenville's assistant, I believe. And you're going to learn some stuff from a guy who's accomplished so much. And I'm guessing he's probably got a hiring assistant. So it probably didn't have that much of an effect. But obviously, losing a guy like him is going to have some sort of negative effect. Yeah. Okay. So then let's then let's uh, continue on because I know I tend to forget some questions. I know that's definitely ones I want to ask. Now we get into let's see your second team going to meet Florida in the conference finals. Toronto, uh, Toronto, and New York. Who you have winning this one? Toronto. I mean, I'll be surprised either one makes it just because like Toronto with what you were talking about with Canada, and then also just with the franchise as a whole, right, and yeah. New York not having that much success. You got this wrong. The second round would be um, New York versus Carolina. Oh, yeah. See, if if you if you're looking at what I'm looking at, it's I think the higher seeds they're saying meet each other, and then it's a a straight bracket. It's a straight. Okay, so so you're saying Florida would meet the lower seed. So um, let me pull this up. And I'm because I was I was trying to look for it, and and this is what came up that Florida would meet Carolina, and then Toronto would meet New York. The winner of Florida, Washington will play the winner of Toronto, Tampa. The winner of Carolina, Boston will play the Rangers or Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's on me for, um, again, I don't know why I didn't catch you on this before, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then, it, uh, and, and I, 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 it didn't make sense to me like at first, but I really, I, I had a hard time looking up this one. So that's definitely on me. So Florida and Toronto, Tampa, to which you're saying Toronto will win that. You're saying Florida would definitely beat Toronto. Yeah, Florida should beat Toronto. It'll be a long series. So they're probably the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. But um, yes, seven games. But Florida is home ice, and it's the Leafs. Let's be realistic; they're not. They can't go far. That that'll be the difference. And then, uh, and I mean, it seemed like you wiped out. Carolina from uh, from the whole uh, from the whole discussion, but again, that was on me. So Carolina and New York, who would you have winning this one? I think the goalie Shesterkin could probably steal another series there. Really, Carolina is certainly superior when you're looking, not looking at the goalies, but Shesterkin's just on another level. So you have Florida versus New York in the, yes. In, wow. Okay. So let's hold on for that. I mean. One second, so that's surprising. I mean, I like Carolina, and I know it's not always that one meets the two seed, but that is that's a, that's a that's an upset pick right there. Then what about and I'm and let me uh, let me see if I get this right. Colorado versus Minnesota. Yep, you got that. Yeah. Okay. Now I, I, I'm just going to go across just based on what you told me and just apply it to the other other side. Uh, so who do you think wins that one? Colorado. Okay. And how like is that is would that be a four or five gamer? Six, six, six or seven. Yeah, I, I don't know a lot about Minnesota. All I all I know, you know, that they just they have not won anything in a long time. The Vikings, Tigers, uh, not the Tigers, excuse me. Um, 
the uh, twins, the, the twins, and uh, Timberwolves and the Wild. It, it, they always seem like, oh, we're in contention, but not really like serious. Can you tell me anything about the Wild that other other than they're better than the Blues? That you know that could could they possibly have a chance against the one seed Colorado? I don't think they have a chance, and I don't really know much about them, but I think Colorado's superior. Mm-hmm. I think the only team that could defeat Colorado is Florida. Okay, yeah. So it's a that if we're going to get into the conference finals, and and then of course the finals in a, in a moment. Then what about uh, Dallas and Edmonton? Dallas versus Edmonton. I I think it, it's the Oilers' core's DNA to not be successful. Mm-hmm. I think that, that they'd certainly be favored against Dallas, but I just don't see it happening, unfortunately for them. But um, like I said, I think the Edmonton has the best team chance of any Canadian team, but I think Dallas would beat them because it's Edmonton. and McDavid hasn't really ever done much in the playoffs. He could this year. We'll see. That, that I don't, they've wasted all those number one overall picks they've had. Is that something that's like a headline going to is McDavid going to choke again? Is Austin Matthews like like a, because I know when it comes to a star player, it's not always that they uh, perform well in the playoffs. Of course, they've won awards and they've done a lot in the regular season. Is that something on the backs of Matthews and McDavid in these playoffs that's being talked about? Yeah, I would imagine that, that especially Matthews in Toronto. The media there is ferocious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am Marner, Nylander, they're young core. I think a lot of people think that they can't do it, and they certainly shouldn't. They certainly haven't shown that they can do it, but I don't want them to do it. But just the media there is crazy with hockey. Edmonton, not so much, but still, there's going to be some pressure because it's Canada. And, you know, it's hockey is huge in Canada. Oh yeah, of course, and and I mean, and, uh, they definitely don't let your bracket because now we're in the conference finals, and you don't have any Canadian team in in these finals. You have Florida, you have New York, you have Colorado, you have Dallas, so you already are kicking off any chance the Canadian teams I have it. So we're not even close to the Stanley Cup yet. I mean, you got to win it this series, and they're not even in it. So that's already a little bit of a bummer. Well, of course, there's always next season. So um, hopefully, they can make it to the conference finals. Um, possibly proved out or is wrong, but already it seems a little bit just uh, just disappointed that they're not up to this point. And if you want to comment on that, uh, might as well, you might as well do so. Talking about Florida and New New York now as we move along closer and closer to uh, the Stanley Cup. It's Florida will defeat New York. I think with New York's goalie, they can make the series longer than it should be, but their talent will ultimately win out. And of course... Florida's goalie ain't too bad either, so, uh, but Chesterkin's superior. But uh, now Florida will probably win that in seven. This New York goalie, can you talk to us about, it seems like he's an up-and-coming, rising superstar of the league that, that I don't really know about. Can you talk to him just so, like, you can, like, put him on the map? Is he, like, I don't want to say, like, the next, like, like Mike Trout, because I, I that's, of course, you know, he's very young. But it, what should we know about this guy? Like, how good can he really be not just for the Rangers, but for his whole career? Because he seems like you're saying like, he's going to be uh, Pittsburgh. He's going to be Toronto. And then he's going to, you know, take Florida to task. How good is this guy? And he's already, you know, you're projecting him and people are projecting to win the best goalie of the year. How good is this guy? Cause I know he, I've heard of him. He must be very young. Talk to me about his potential and just how great he is. 
yeah, he, he's great already. But um, no, he is. I think he's a chance to be up there with. Is I think he'll be a Hall of Famer. Mm. I, I wouldn't reject him at a certain place, but he's gonna. It's crazy. They went from Henrik Lindquist to this guy. It's not once he develops fully. It's not going to be a downgrade. It might even be an upgrade. Wow. For Prime Lundquist, but um, Shester can very good, and um, yeah, everyone should be paying attention to him. He's the future at goaltending. He might already be the present, but uh, now this is his third season with the Rangers. And he's been very good. Sure. His save percentage and goals against average are ridiculous this year. Hmm. Is there anyone else that we should keep an eye on? You you just said the future of goaltending. Is there anyone else even close to him that you might say this guy and this guy? Because usually, again, I mean, I just brought up my child. I mean, you have so you have Mario Acuna. They actually play in the same division, so you have them going uh, against each other a lot. You could even say, you know, Tatis and Trey Turner. You could say a lot of guys, especially on the Dodgers. Is there anyone that like stands out that that also can like uh, like be the future of goaltending, not not just him? Carter Hart. Mm. Has a chance, of course. That's a divisional rivalry with Philly. I don't know. I don't really know. I'm not big on looking up prospects or anything. Swayman of the Bruins, maybe, but mm. we'll see. No, I think Carter Hart certainly has a chance, but he's young, of course. We'll see what I'm, happens. I'm kind of surprised you say that, considering he had he did really have a disappointing last season. How what? How did he fare this past season? Uh, I know the Flyers did really bad. That doesn't mean he did bad. How was he this past season? I think he's pretty much, he did, well, he hasn't been good the last couple of seasons, but he's 23, which is really young for a goalie. Like mm-hmm. Shostakhin's 26, and they've both been in the, and Carter Hart's been in the league longer. Yeah. Um, so goalies take a while to develop, but, so his numbers were an improvement over last season, but I think he's going to keep going that way. No, that, that 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 a lot of people. I mean, I know if Philly, you know, they're kind of like getting like they're kind of like on the verge of being done with the Flyers if he does develop. Uh, in which, again, some people might not know why in the context of hockey. I totally should remember that it does take a long time for goalies to develop. And yes, it is very young, uh, twenty three. Uh, I think you want to be around that 25, 26 range, just like any other ball player. And and maybe for basketball, it's kind of like you should be ready to go. Football, maybe you should be ready to go. But yeah, with hockey, I can definitely understand it's not as simple, especially when, you know, you're, you're not going to have a hit prospect all the time, like a McDavid or Matthews, in which when they came out, they were like, oh, yeah, this is the bona fide number one pick. But when you talk about, you know, a guy like like Hart or a guy like even Nolan Patrick, and, and I know he hasn't fed out that much, but you might say, like, he's going to take some time. He's not NHL ready yet. You really get that. So it's a great reminder that it does take a while for some of these young guys to develop. But I don't want to get off track here too much because we're still talking about um, in the context of the NHL playoffs. We're, we're about to get to the Stanley Cup, but first we must decide, you must decide, Colorado and Dallas. I feel like you're going to go Colorado. Am I wrong about that? You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, this is where Dallas's run ends. It ends quickly. Colorado will win the last five games. They're a much better team. It's their time to succeed they've been getting closer and closer it seems like it's their time if kale makar gabriel antiscog nathan mckinnon all those guys mm. uh sam gerard no it's their time to get to the final don't think it'll be enough to win the cup but it's and their you, time 
then who do you think wins the Stanley Cup? And not just like uh, like giving me who wins and the amount of games. Also, give me your most likely player that will win the the uh, the most valuable uh, player award for the team that wins the Stanley Cup. The Conn Smythe. That's going to be um not sure, but yes, Florida will win. It's going to be a long series. They're very evenly matched. Florida will win. It'll be seven games, I would imagine. Oh, that's great. Seven, seventh game, just like um, I think it was uh, Boston and St. Louis. I think it was. It was game seven. Don't remind me. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I was at, I, for some reason I thought about Golden Knights and and Washington, but then I remember no, that was actually five games. Yeah, that was five. Yeah, but it, it, but then talk to me about why is who, why is Florida going to win that that game? So is it going to be goaltending? Is it going to be the home crowd? Is it just going to be back and forth coaching with strategies? Uh, and then it's still like, give me like, who's going to like fare out with the uh, best player award of that series. Goaltending is certainly going to have an inf- uh, big effect. I think they're vastly superior in net. Vavrovsky and co are pretty good. Um, I think Ford also has a deeper roster. Con Smythe, probably going to Huberdo, Giroux, one of those guys, I would think. Even Barkov, but um. Yeah, I think Florida will be too much for Carolina, for Colorado over the seven game series, and I think we're going to get our first Presidents Trophy winner to win the cup in nine years. Maybe they'll choke. I mean, they don't have much experience playoffs. Wow, so uh, that's definitely something I'm going to be tuning in for. I mean, Game Seven, it's going to be the possible last game of the season. There's no other way to way to put it. And we're talking about possibly, you know, the game happening in uh, in, in late June, July, possibly. Right. So we're getting like the oh, before summer starts, we have to have some cold ice hockey and we have to see who wins it all. Um, that's definitely I, I, I would definitely think that is the likely scenario. Florida, Allen, you know, I will caution that these are the hockey playoffs and you don't typically see some. You've got to have some unpredictability. It's not it's a, we're talking about two one seeds meeting. There's got to be some anomaly. Yeah, I, just I hope you're at- right. I just looked it up, and apparently it won't go into July. The last expected date it could be is June 30th, so June pretty 30th. much into July, but not quite July. So that means As the neutral, whole... I'd love a seven-game final for sure. And I think that might be better for the sport. I mean, they, they, yeah. they just need some excitement. Um, and at least they're going to have the whole month of June is going to be, unless you want to follow the dog days of baseball, it's going to be all hockey playoffs. And then I know you have the first week of the NBA finals, but then after that, you know, there's no choice but to have what the any of the Stanley Cup finals and and the the series before that. I'm, uh, is there uh, if you were the NHL, and this is like my last question before we wrap up. And I know you talked about for uh, with Edmonton that they're a small market. Is there a would the NHL win if the two teams that you said Florida and Colorado went to the NHL Stanley Cup uh, finals? Or are they are they possibly rooting for someone so that they could potentially build on their popularity like a potential like like large market if they did have it their way? Florida winning the cup would be huge for their local market because they don't they regularly if you watch games played there they don't get many fans during the regular season. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure if they'll get fans during the postseason. We'll see. Wow, it's been years, but uh, <laughs> that'd be huge for the local market nationally. I'd always think it's better for the leagues if big markets are in the finals, but who knows? Maybe people will like Florida. Is Colorado medium mesh, I'd say, market-wise? So 
get them in there. That's good. They have a passionate fan base. So before, before we go, and again, I appreciate you spending the time and making out your bracket because, again, these should be just like any other year, and, and, and I and highly doubt that there isn't a playoff that isn't exciting unless it was, of course, going to stay in the cast, just kept meeting up in the finals each and like three consecutive seasons or maybe two seasons that, that it was. It was just so predictable. What What is what, just any final words, things that you're excited about, things that, you know, we should – be a little bit on the lookout for that's not being talked about a lot. Just give us some final words, anything you should mention. Like, don't forget about this. Like, remind us, maybe. I wouldn't say there's anything that I could think of that people aren't talking about. But I think, personally, I want to see if the Leafs are actually capable of winning a series. That's obviously a huge storyline. So I'm kind of rooting for Canada to win the Cup, if my Bruins don't. But I, I don't give us any chance. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And if Canada wins the cup, I certainly don't want it to be Toronto. The media will be insufferable if that happens. But uh, so root against Toronto. That's that's what you should do. Is are they like the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL? Mostly, I don't want to say the media is like bad when it comes to the Cowboys. It's just Jerry Jones and the fan base. Are they? And I'm not sure exactly like how I would phrase Toronto's media because i'm not sure exactly how i i guess maybe you can phrase in terms like okay the questions that they ask or maybe the articles that they write but are they like the dallas cowboys just like in terms of their fan base or is there like another team that could be referred to like oh this is such an annoying fan yeah they have an annoying fan base they probably have the biggest fan base well they must in canada the national media they're really the only team they care about generally in canada is the leafs so they're on the hot featured net game of hockey net in canada every week they just get crammed down everyone's throats. They bring huge ratings. They have a really annoying fan base. And they're just the Leafs. They're a huge market. And what was so, yeah. the last time they won? 1967. Failure since then. So that that kind of, all that kind of reminds me of the Dallas Cowboys, actually. Because they usually get the Thanksgiving game. They haven't won since the mid-90s. And I know that's, you know, we're talking about 30 years after 1967. But... Still, that definitely does remind me, and and that's definitely good. To, like every every week has the Dallas Cowboys of, you know, of the sport. So I just and, uh, and yeah, and of course the Leafs haven't won a playoff series since two thousand four. Let's um, that's way too long. Let's hope we get Leafs elimination day soon. It's a, it's a great holiday that yeah. every hockey fan should celebrate. Yeah, and I and that's the thing too. The uh, like, I don't think that many people understand that. You know that 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 uh, that they are just they're just hated. That I know that I know you hate them because of the rivalry that they have with Boston. But you're just saying like, no, the NHL as a as the fans just is just it's just sick and tired of this team. Even though you got to feel bad a little bit that they haven't won in a long time, but they're just so annoying. And it's just it just reminds me so much about. A few teams. I'm not going to. Uh, I know the Cowboys is one of them, but there's also other teams that you know you could definitely point to. So that, that, that's good that people, again, because they're not NHL fans, that they don't know about the nitty gritty. They don't know about you know the the deeper stuff that the in depth stuff that you would know. It's just funny that you know you keep mentioning that, and not a lot of people know that. Yeah, I just uh, again, I just appreciate you coming on. Um, thank you for uh, for your time, and you know I know it's been a while, and I know. Getting, uh, it's getting late for you. Um, it's, it, I, I just uh, just want to say, um, yeah, just yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. Hopefully, you can just uh, may, maybe we could do it again in the off season uh, when it comes to like you know when it comes to the transactions. I know you don't. I know you don't typically follow beside the Bruins, 
But of course, you know, that's still uh, insightful and there's still many things to talk about NHL wise. And you're definitely my go to guy. So, um, yeah, thank you again for coming on. And hopefully you had a good time with us, Scott. Yeah, it was a good experience. I've never done a podcast or anything before. So that was cool. Yes, um, I'd like to come back on. I could talk about the NHL. Or I know you need a soccer guy too, but. Um, oh, you don't yeah. know. You, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, we did. We have not mentioned Premier League. We have not mentioned <laughs> any football at all. And and that's definitely a travesty a little bit. So, and, yeah. and I, what, what, what would you say is your primary sport, hockey or, or soccer? Primary sport, if I had, if every game was on at the same time, all my teams were playing. I'd probably watch the NFL, but I follow everything pretty closely. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'd say I could probably talk the best about hockey or soccer, but I definitely follow transactions the most in soccer just because, I don't know, just because of the global scale of it. But uh, it's very interesting. <laughs> and just because they're structured so much differently than transactions here. Most of them involve like a pay club paying a fee for someone. And it's just all pretty exciting. And of course, it's the most popular throughout the world. Yes. Yeah, it is the most popular sport in the world. So the the money. Yeah, we definitely need to do an episode about just soccer and what's going on and who should we know. And and I don't know exactly what, maybe we should just do, I don't know, a checkup. I'm like, oh, how's the MLS doing? How's the Premier League doing? What's Cristiano Ronaldo up to now? Because it seems like he's changing teams, you know, and maybe even, of course, Messi's going to retire at some point. He's going to retire at some point. Uh, there's other players, you know, to keep your eyes on about, and what teams are going to go. There's probably a lot of ramifications. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, the Super League, in which, you know, there was a headline read earlier today about that. So, yeah, thanks again for coming on. And, yeah, we would definitely do another episode. Ada, uh, thanks for having me. And the listeners, you'll probably be hearing again from me in the future, whether you like it or not. So Yeah, that's a good one, actually. Whether you Have like fun with that. <laughs> tune in for future episodes or if or as i usually say i have i just it's out there for you 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 can listen to it anytime it's not going away it's the internet of course we can technically delete it but of course you can always find it one way or the other or even on instagram facebook uh twitter it's always going to be there so hopefully again as i always say everyone that you're doing well and you know i'm always going to be here and you know if you want to discuss hockey you know i don't know a lot if you want to watch hockey you know, that's definitely what we're here for. We're going to bring more attention to you about something that you're probably not thinking about. We want to bring that awareness. So again, thank you for listening. Hopefully you had a good time with us and we'll see We'll see you until our next episode, which it might be sports. I mean, we keep doing sports. We just did the NFL draft. Now we're doing hockey. You know, there's probably, a, we might get into basketball. It might just have to be sports, 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 sorry, in which we typically we like to break things up. I'm happy to just to give you all that, the insight the best I can. And of course, Scott as well. Um, Thank you for again, everyone for listening and continue listening. We'll see you guys soon. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at High Voltage with Double A.